It's the first Prez Monday check-in. We'll have a chat, but not spill tea. Hey, it's the first Prez Monday check-in. We got the Bible and Greg and me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Monday check-in. Uh, my name is Damon Jensen-Heitman, one of the pastors, First Presbyterian Church of Hastings, joined by... Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church Hastings. Happy to be here with you on this lovely fall morning. And, Damon, I don't know if you caught this when you uploaded the last Monday check-in, mm-hmm. but that one was number 99, which um... means that this one is Monday check-in number 100 that has been uploaded to YouTube. Mm, I wish that I had one of those uh, popper things. I feel like we should. there should be some sort of fireworks or some display of something celebrating our 100th episode of the Monday check-in, but here we are. Mm. Yeah. Um, there used to be a thing... Where you could like give yourself sunglasses on here. Do you remember that? I think so. Remember that one when that was like a everybody thought that was cool? Yes. Was that a uh was that something we could do on Zoom? Yeah. It seems to recall. Now I don't know where it's gone. Mm. Well, that was there. You found it. Yeah, That's I good. did. <laughs> I decided just to celebrate by not wearing my gray hooded sweatshirt um i think it's probably time for a pizza party hat is what i think (laughs) is that what that is apparently very small it's a very small (laughs) pizza party (laughs) propped oddly on my head Mm, yes a pizza party hat for a mouse yeah whoa that's that's it's kind of a star trek i can't see anything kind of a vibe Walking my view. All right. <laughs> well, I'm sure this is very entertaining for all of our listeners. Um, we could do like a, a retrospective of uh, of 100 podcasts, but I don't know that we're going to do that. Um, I don't want to go back and listen to myself talk that much. It is interesting, though, to note that this was born out of, of COVID. And um, while COVID brought a lot of really challenging things to us, it brought some good things to us, too, including some innovations and different ways of uh, thinking and being the church and uh, sharing the good news. And this is one of them that has persisted and will continue to persist so long as Damon and I are here, I think. Yeah, sure. And, you know, maybe even if we're not. Could be. It's not like it's, it's not like it's hard, really. <laughs> Although yeah. converting it into a studio seems to be a little more difficult than we thought it was going to Man. be. <laughs> it's just always something, you know? Yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. I think, like, I must have struggled. I Well, I know I struggled this much. Like, to learn how to tie my shoes. You know? That was a brand new skill that I was learning and man, was that a trick to figure out. And just like when you thought, Oh, okay. And now I got the first part down. And then the next part was, is completely different (laughs) than the first part. Um, So we're, we're slowly learning all the tricks as it were. 
uh, and how all the new things work. So, but the Monday check-in, for those who don't know, uh, is uh, a little preview of the next coming Sunday at First Pres. We take a look at the scripture. Um, we spend a little bit of time in study and reflection on it. We ask questions of it. We allow it to ask questions of us, if we're wise. And um, yeah, and when we talk about some themes and that sort of thing that we might see in it at the beginning of the week. And following that, we switch gears and we talk a little bit about the life of the church at First Preds Hastings. So with those things said and done, I think, Greg, you are the person to give the opening prayer this time. Let's do it. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for this opportunity to gather, even with the technology gremlins and everything else. Uh, we thank you for the chance that we have to study your word and reflect on it and the call that it places on our lives. We ask that you bless this study this morning, uh, bless, give, give us wisdom, give us insight, and uh, may those who are listening be uh, also be given wisdom and insight in terms of what this scripture could mean for their daily living. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. A couple of scriptures for this coming Sunday, one from the prophet Jeremiah. Uh, and another from Psalm 66. Uh, Prophet Jeremiah reads something like this. This is from chapter 29. These are the words of the letter that the Prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the remaining elders among the exiles, and to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem, to Babylon. That's the big piece of information a person needs to hold on to. This was after King Jeconia and the Queen Mother, the court officials, the leaders of Judah and Jerusalem, the artisans and the smiths had departed from Jerusalem. Like nobody there anymore. The letter was sent by the hand of Elasa, son of Shaphan and Germaria, son of Hilkiah, whom King Zedekiah of Judah sent to Babylon to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. The letter said, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. And then also from Psalm 66. Make a joyful noise to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Give to him glorious praise. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. Because of your great power, your enemies cringe before you. All the earth worships you. They sing praises to you. Sing praises to your name. Come and see what God has done. He is awesome in his deeds among mortals. 
He turned the sea into dry land that passed through the river on foot. There we rejoiced in him. Who rules by his might forever? Who, whose eyes keep watch on the nations? Let the rebellious not exalt themselves. Bless our God, O peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. Who has kept us among the living and has not let our feet slip. For you, O God, have tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. You brought us into the net. You laid burdens on our backs. You let people ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water. Yet you have brought us out to a spacious place. That's where that psalm continues, but that's where we pause our reading of it. So, um, Greg, what do you got? Um, well, the Jeremiah passage probably calls for providing a little bit of context. Um, for those of you who may have tuned in a couple of weeks ago, we had Reverend Doodle Harris, who's the chaplain at Hastings College, and she um, shared with us some perspective on a passage from Jeremiah 23. But uh, it helps to know how people waged war in 6th century BC. Mm -hmm. um, and so we had the book of Jeremiah is the prophet Jeremiah wandering around the city of Jerusalem, telling them to repent that they've got to straighten out their ways because otherwise they're going to be invaded and God will um, allow them to be conquered because they haven't been living faithful lives. And then it turns out they are invaded and they are conquered. Uh, and when an invading force came in and conquered, at least this particular invading force, um, what they would do would be take all of the sort of the people of value out of the city and make them go live as exiles back in the homeland of where the invaders were from, in this case, Babylon, right? So the invaders came down from Babylon, they sacked the city, and they extracted all the people of wealth and means and power and made them go live as exiles in Babylon, sort of as prisoners of war, but not necessarily like in a POW camp, just like get them out of the city so that you can hold the city. And so a couple of weeks ago, Doodle uh, preached on, read, read a passage and preached on a passage from Jeremiah 23. So Jeremiah is still stuck in Jerusalem. He was not one of those people that was taken out. And he's there. And uh, the passage that Doodle read was a very complex, detailed real estate transaction, right? We remember the details of that, like weigh the silver in public and then put the signed copy of the deed in an earthen jar. And But ultimately, sort of the, the message there was this was an act of faith and hope in the face of what felt hopeless, so that's for the remnant left in Jerusalem. Now, now Jeremiah is writing a letter to those people who are living in exile in Babylon, the people that were taken out as prisoners of war and put in a place that was not their homeland, not their land, not their customs, not their culture, probably not even their language. So they're living as these exiled foreigners in Babylon. And so Jeremiah writes them a letter. He, we know what's going on with Jeremiah back in Jerusalem, living under conquered right and, yeah. and now, now he's writing a letter back to the people who have been exiled <laughs> and so that's that's where this letter comes in and what's jeremiah's instruction to these people who are living in exile and it's it's quite simple right build houses and live in them 
plant gardens and eat what they produce. Keep living your lives. And then ends with this uh, this notion of seek the, the welfare, and the Hebrew word there is shalom, the peace, the welfare, the well-being of the city where, where you have been sent into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. So this, these foreign people that you're living among who have brought you there as prisoners of war, seek their welfare. Seek what's best for them. And uh, and and bloom where you are planted, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. It's um, it's interesting. I don't know um a lot about about POWs, about prisoners of war, but um, like some of the things that I have read or heard or come across that amongst the folks who were taken as 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 POWs, the folks who, I don't know if did the best is the right terminology, but were folks who were kind of um, able to make peace in some way with the reality of their situation. Uh, and the folks who really struggled were the folks who like, kind of, oh, maybe tomorrow we'll get out of here. Uh, maybe tomorrow we'll get out of here. And there's there's some sort of sense of this also that Jeremiah is writing and saying, y'all might be there a while. Um, so so build a house. Um, <laughs> and I think it's, I, I also like the inclusion and live in it. <laughs> I don't really know why else you would build a house. Um, if you weren't, that's like the main reason to build a house is to live in it. But yeah, like there's, there's this sort of sense of, um, yeah, things have changed. Yep. Yep. The, your, the reality of the world has changed. Your reality has changed. The reality for us back here has changed. Um, and this might just be the way that it is for a while. There's always this. There's always this held hope that the exiles will be able to return to Jerusalem, and and eventually they do because someone else conquers Babylon. But, um, but it, there's this sense of okay, <laughs> this is this is where we are now, uh, and how are we going to respond faithfully to where we are now, knowing that it's yeah, it's different than what it was um so what yeah it's interesting i i see some parallels here between this and um what some palestinians have experienced uh because they were they were removed from their lands um by the israeli government and military and are living in these what what are called refugee camps but some of them have been living in these refugee camps since uh 1949 and others since 1967. And so in our modern English parlance, when we say camp, we think like tents, right? Uh, but these Palestinians have now been living there, many of them for three and four generations. And so what was initially set up as a refugee camp where the UN put up tents for them, eventually they built homes um, and now they live in these areas that are still called refugee camps, 
and yet the Palestinians have sought to to make the best of their situation, and they maintain hope that someday they will be able to return to their lands. But in the meantime, um, they're they're making the best of of their situation, um, and yeah, one of the most interesting um, examples of that. And these are actually Palestinians uh, who are still living within Israeli territory in and around the city of Bethlehem. Palestinian Christians who have been there since the beginning of Christianity. Um, But there's a particular Lutheran pastor there named Mitri Raheb, who's a friend of mine. And uh, they're living under Israeli occupation. They have limited rights. And so what has Mitri Raheb done with his community? They've they've created a, a university there. So they're educating themselves, knowing they may never be able to get out. Um, and my thought was, if you're going to create a university, you, you create a university that teaches, you know, practical skills, nursing or engineering or whatever. Um, and yet they've created a, a university that has a big arts college. And so they're learning how they're, 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 they're making art, beautiful art, uh, under the context of occupation. Uh, and, uh, and Mitri Raheb, this this Lutheran pastor, who I believe is the, the president of Dar el Klima College, there uh, says, you know, people still need need beauty in their lives, and, and humans are still capable of creating beauty under even under difficult circumstances. And so, there's some beautiful parallels there, I think, um, to what the advice that Jeremiah is giving here to those living in exile and and modern day stories and situations of that. I think we've seen some of that as well in Ukraine and some of the challenges there where even in the midst of the the challenges, like over the summer, people still planted their gardens. And actually the farmers still planted wheat in Ukraine, despite the fact that there was a war raging around them in the hopes that they would have a chance to <clears throat> harvest that, right? Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also because... What else are you gonna do? I, you know, I think to some extent. Um, yeah, it's um, it's an interesting passage. It's a it's a powerful passage as well. It's um, I I am drawn to it. I think in part because it holds out. I think it's very real. I think like it's I think it's a very honest um piece of scripture and and holds this sort of the reality of you are exiles um equally with this but there is and there is still hope. Uh so yeah, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, so how do we how do we apply that to our context? Like, hopefully our listeners are not living in exile as prisoners of war. Right. Um, hopefully they're not living under an oppressive dictatorship. Mm-hmm. Um, but but are there events that occur in our life that, um, that could set us back in a similar way? And could this advice from Jeremiah be applied to to our our present context you know yeah i think it has something to do with this idea of yes the reality of the world around you has changed 
the reality of the world around you is different than it was um, five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 50 years ago. Um, and, but you are where you are. Like you live when you live and, and, and you have to be faithful in the midst of that. And I think there's something about knowing like you can't fight everything. Like, <laughs> you just can't, but you can insist on the principles of, of peace and love and generosity and kindness and mercy and forgiveness. Like no matter, no matter where you are. Right. Um, and I think, yeah, you know, hopefully those folks hearing this don't find themselves in the sort of dire exile that the folks were in at the time of this writing. <clears throat> But we do, people do experience things where all of a sudden their life is completely different than it was before. Um, the death of a loved one or the fracture of a relationship or um, a job disappears or, you know, whatever the case might be, when all of a sudden you have to just kind of, okay, this is where I am now. What does it mean to plant a garden in this situation um and yeah like what sort of crop should i be trying to raise given my new circumstance yeah yeah that's 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 very well said and then we also have this like psalm passage right um that's a, a very you mentioned before we started it's a very joyful passage it's uh, clearly supposed to be set shortly after um, folks escaped slavery in Egypt. That's what a lot of these references, uh, you know, are making and are about. But it's, it's also so it's interesting to me also, like, what does salvation look like? Right. For the slaves this salvation was we passed through the sea on dry land. That's what salvation looks like for those in exile. Salvation is planting gardens and taking wives and having sons and daughters. Um, so it's interesting. Just also kind of makes me think salvation isn't always, doesn't always look the same. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah. There's um, there's a lot of wisdom to that. That it it can certainly look different at different times uh, in our lives or or in history, and uh, given our 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 finite human existence, and yet God's infinite faithfulness. Um, over time, it will look different, but ultimately, we continue to seek and maintain our hope in the midst of of all of that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, while I was reading Psalm sixty six, I it occurred to me that this is the old definition of awesome, and not the new definition of awesome that's being used here. 
So you're referring to verse three, say to God, how awesome are your deeds because of your great power, your enemies cringe before you. So what do you mean by old definition and new definition, Damon? Uh, That's old definition. It's terrifying. It's so overpowering. It's so beyond what you can comprehend that, that it's terrifying. Um, in some way, right? It also in verse five, come and see what God has done. He is awesome in his deeds among mortals. Uh, and the new definition, oh, that was really cool. <laughs> that was really neat. Yes. So are you encouraging a reclaiming of the word awesome to its original meaning, or you're just acknowledging that this is a different context? No, no. And just it's different because otherwise like those sent those two senses are kind of in, incongruous right how awesome are your deeds because of your great power your enemies cringe before you also yeah. cringe cringy is a very current word also right and so if we go with the modern definition, how neat are your deeds oh god <laughs> because cool. of your great power your enemies cringe before you <laughs> I think no. I think the more uh, classic definition of awesome is, is probably better suited for this psalm passage. Mm-hmm. Do you know what's the? I'm, you probably won't use it. Do you know what the gospel is for this Sunday? Uh, I can check. It might be the. Is it the? I don't know what it is. It's Luke seventeen eleven through nineteen, which is. Um, Jesus showing mercy to the lepers. Ten lepers approached Jesus. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were made clean. And one of them, when he saw he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan, an outsider. Then Jesus asked, were not ten made clean, but the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this Samaritan, this foreigner? Then he said to them, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. So another time that Jesus uses a Samaritan as a, a foil in a story that um, it's the outsider, the foreigner, the, the non-practicing Jew who actually came back and praised and thanked God. Um, so that, I mean, that could, could fit with all this as well, but, um, but then we're trying to do a little bit too much in the context of a (laughs) short sermon. (laughs) Okay. I was just curious. Yeah. What it was. It's a good story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. About, about remembering to be grateful to God. See, now you got me thinking, should I? Should I rework this in some way and use the Luke passage? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got this. Go with this. All right. <laughs> well, anything else you think that'll preach? I think something in there will preach. Right. Sounds good. Uh, must be time then to switch gears. Yeah, let's talk about what's going on in the life of the church. And uh, yeah, some exciting stuff. Uh, This Sunday, 
Normally we do an 8.30 contemplative service in the chapel, but we're going to switch things up and do our annual blessing of the pets service on Sunday, mm -hmm. which will be held in Alexander Park. So rather than 8.30 service in the chapel, we'll have 8.30 service in Alexander Park, and it will be a blessing of the pets service. And so we invite all of you and the whole community for that matter to come down to Alexander Park with their pets and we will um, we'll have our children's choir singing. Pastor Damon will also be singing and leading a song on guitar. And then I'll walk around and say a prayer of blessing over each pet and their people. So that's this Sunday, October 9th at 8.30 in the morning in Alexander Park. And then we'll have our traditional worship service at 10.30 in the sanctuary. And I believe we have our youth choirs helping to lead that worship service. So it's going to be a great Sunday at First Prince. Yeah. That 8.30 service looks like it could be a little crisp in the morning. So. Crisp is okay. We just yeah. throw on an extra jacket. Just, let's just be prepared for that sort of a thing. So um, what else? Uh, also Sunday mornings, Dan Deffenbaugh has begun has begun. Um, Dan, uh, Dan, I don't know if he ever, he's just always going. <laughs> I don't think we can say that he's begun because he never really stops or pauses. There is so, an Energizer-esque energy to that guy <laughs> and his yeah. scholarship isn't there. Yeah. Uh, so, but he, uh, he has started a, a forum series for us at 915 on Sunday mornings uh, exploring salvation and um he told me before he started on sunday that the, that they were going to spend a lot of time doing anthropology on sunday morning okay good for you so um and then yeah. he wandered into the classroom and saw what was on the whiteboard that he had written yeah later that afternoon there's it's got stuff about uh karma on there and uh references to the hindu caste system i think so I got. I really. I'm gonna have to go back and take a look at the video and see what all they covered. But, um, but yeah, if you're curious, salvation. Where do we get this doctrine, this theology from? Uh, what does it look like? What informs it? Be really good. Um, and Dan is. He covers a lot of stuff, but he covers it in ways that's that's really easily digestible for folks uh, and is able to synthesize material really nicely for folks. So uh, so even if you missed the first one, you can hop in and pick up stuff. Not, not a problem at all. So, And if you missed the first one as well, we will have it posted to our church's YouTube page. Uh, you can check that out and uh, tune in. That is correct. That's going on. So, uh, so that's what's going on right now for Forum. Uh, one thing to uh, an event coming up on November 6th, I've started calling this from days of old. Uh, it's a living history evening. Congregational Life has been working to put this together. So there will be a dinner that evening. Uh, this is a Sunday evening. And the dinner will feature recipes, um, much beloved, I think, recipes uh, from the history of First Presbyterian Church, and then also a program in the sanctuary uh, featuring 
I'm going to call it, I'm calling them vignettes. Um, so uh, from the church's history. So um, hearing some of the words and insights from past ministers, I think Dr. Ringland is one of them who was also uh, critical in the beginning of Hastings College in the early days of Hastings College. Uh, and a vignette based or a, that's a, an eyewitness account of the fire of 1910, I think, and other sorts of little things like that. Um, I think one's going to revolve around uh, the suffrage movement as well. So, so there's dinner uh, and the program and folks can be on the lookout for more, for more information on that. The, from days of old, a living history evening, November 6th. Stay tuned. Yeah. And I think there has been a little shift in that and that we're going to do a uh, dinner and then the program instead of what was originally yeah. planned. And so we're, we're moving in that direction. So that'll be great. <laughs> Everything else uh, pretty standard this week. Uh, we've got our Wednesday night activities on the fifth uh, for pre-K through fifth graders. And then we have adult choir and adult bell practice on the fifth uh, Sunday. We'll have our standard lineup of, uh, Sunday school, keep in mind that 8.30 Blessing the Pet service and 10.30 traditional service. And then the following week, uh, and we'll remind you of this again next week, uh, the following week uh, we're on fall break, uh, but that, that's October 12th. So I don't want to give you too much information at once. So Right. <laughs> well, uh, is that it? I think that's it. You want to close us in prayer? I can do that. Let's pray. Loving and gracious God, we always find ourselves in the midst of some new dimension. We find ourselves always in a place that is different than what has come before. When the reality of our situation has changed, it changes from day to day, from hour to hour, from minute to minute. In the midst of all of that uncertainty, we ask that we might be able to always keep in our hearts and keep in our minds that you are with us, that you are present near to us, that you enfold us in your loving and tender arms. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the opportunity to hear these words, to remember these words, to let them sit again within our hearts and within our spirits. In your gracious and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, then, with all those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo.